welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. Today, we're going to dive into one of the most important topics for students, and that is internships. And now, I know you guys have heard my solo episode talking about the three types of internships, but I really wanted to dive into this topic more, and I wanted to bring an industry expert to help me talk about this topic. So I have Isabella Johnston, and she's the intern whisperer. She's the founder of Intern Pursuit. So without further ado, Isabella, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show also. No, I am so excited to have you on our show. I know we've been trying to connect for a while now, and I'm really excited for the audience to get to know you because you have so much knowledge about intern from both sides, not from the student's perspective and the employer's perspective. And what the students are going to be able to take away from this podcast is going to be very valuable for them. And I really believe a lot of students can come out of this episode and know exactly what they need to do to get an internship. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and why you're so passionate about helping students get internships? Well, Daniel, I'm going to tell you, I think that the first thing is that I'm as passionate as you uh, because we both have that love of education and wanting to make sure that students are able to find jobs and not just stay in that world of being a student. That's first and foremost. My background is built out of 10 years of teaching in the public classroom. I was a high school teacher. I taught in Seminole County. I taught middle and high school English. And I graduated from Rollins College here, so local. First two years at University of Florida, last two at Rollins College. I went back to school and attended Bellhaven University and graduated with an MBA. And then I went back to school one more time, Barry University in Miami, and I am all but dissertation for a PhD in leadership with a focus on human resource development. So education has been something that's been a part of my life for years. After teaching in the public schools, I moved over to teaching as an adjunct professor at my alma mater, Rollins College, and Strayer University, DeVry, a lot of colleges, profit and nonprofit. So 25 years total in education. 15 of those 25 have also been consulting when I was an adjunct professor, and I worked with employers of all sizes and, and types, and I was able to see what the problem was for them. They always want talent, but they don't understand how to manage them. That was the key thing. So I think I've answered your question. Absolutely. And so I want to learn a little bit uh, about the company that you, you, know, you founded, the Intern Pursuit. And how did you come up with that idea and what do you do? Okay. So Intern Pursuit was built out of my, my, my parent company is Pivot Business Consulting. And with Pivot, I write business plans, I document processes, and I facilitate trainings and workshop in servant leadership, weaving that through a company culture on a monthly basis, design thinking. People would ask me, my clients would say, hey, how do you get so many students to come and work for you? It's like, you have like 30 students, how do you do that? Not quite, but it's sometimes close. 
And I said, well, my background's in education. It's also in HR. So that's how I'm able to do this. There, I was beginning to train my own clients how to manage students effectively, to see a higher ROI on what the, the tasks are that they were doing, which resulted in taking something off of their shoulders. When I sat down with one of my friends, he, he said, well, if you're trying to make this a scalable model, how are you going to do that? Wrap your head around it. And I went, okay. Out of there, Intern Pursuit was born, and it's a scalable model. So end-to-end -end from recruitment to assessment to onboarding to performance management to exit of the student with 360 evaluations at the end so the company knows how to improve and the students know how to improve. So students get to rank the companies also. From there, somebody had said, you're like an intern whisperer. And that's where the name for the podcast radio show came from, Intern Whisperer. And Intern Pursuit is a online platform that's, um, that's, I am, it's a startup, so I am scaling it. Um, it is, a, let's see, we're in beta right now. So we have a small pool of employers and they're signed up in the system. And so now I'm looking for students to sign up. So right now, if a student is still looking for a summer internship, is it too late? Oh, no, it's never too late. <laughs> they can always contact, yes, Isabella at internpursuit.tech, T-E-C-H. I want to dive into um, talking about why do companies have interns? So many companies, we're, we're really aware that large companies will have intern programs, and you can think of it like Siemens and, and Deloitte and Disney and really big enterprise companies. They do a great job with that. They'll bring students in and they come and work. Students, many employers like of that size, use it as a talent pipeline to see who do they want to have working with them, if they're going to hire them or not. They try them out. It's the same for small to medium-sized employers. Usually small companies, they need extra hands to help get things accomplished. They have limited budgets, so 70% of the internships in the U.S. are unpaid. How do, for me, I was trying to figure out how do I make that a better experience for the employer and for the student? I knew that if I protected the student first, it would definitely protect the employer. I think sometimes students are worried that free internships might feel like they're just there's not a lot of value to it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to change. I really wanted to be able to help employers do a better job of managing the student, managing what they're asking them to do. That results in the student getting the skills that they look for on their resume and the employers are able to get more things accomplished in their business. So my platform is employers pay for it, students are free, schools are free, but the employers sign up, it's an annual membership, and they have access to training modules, but they can assess the talent to see where they are in key skills, power skills, research, writing, time management, creativity, problem solving, verbal communication. Once they determine where that student is, then they can bring them into their company and they have a job description that's been able, they've created, they have skills, they know what the student can do coming in. There's a personality assessment so they can make sure they're getting a good culture fit. Now they're able to determine 
if the student's going to be a fit in their business more effectively. I think that's part of where employers, they small to medium-sized employers, they don't understand how to harness the amazing superhero power of an intern and be able to let them out of the box, so to speak, so that they can achieve great things. And it's just a, a process, and I like processes, so this is there to give them a process and walk them through those steps. I, I've definitely, personally, and have, you know, from my own personal experience, and for me, even having students that I've worked with here, the experience, when you're going into a small and medium-sized company, you know, there's three way, three things that can happen. One, yes. a student can have an amazing experience, you know, get along with the boss, and it's, in, it, it's just right, right? And then there's the two other extremes. One extreme is... They are treated because they're a student. They feel like they don't know anything. Like yes. you know, like and they're you know, go get water or photocopies. It's probably the best the students can do. Like they're he he does enter data. Yeah, it's just like yeah. Straight can you data. please like enter data? Like what I one of my internships, I the whole day I would have to go and go on how many Facebook followers does the company have? How many you know? And so I would have a whole data sheet of company of of clients that I would have to then go do some. It's not right? Yes, yes. And then the other extreme is where they're able to do whatever they want and they have total freedom, but then there's no level of support and they're lost and they have no structure and they don't know what to do. Right. Interns need a technical mentor and an industry mentor. And many times when working with a small to medium-sized employer, they'll get the industry hands down. For example, I had a real estate agent contact me and say, hey, I want to have a video student come and work with me. I said, great. Are you, do you have expertise in video production and editing? He said, no. And I said, well, that's not going to be a good match. Yeah, they can produce the videos, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be the quality that you're looking for. And it doesn't mean that the student's getting the skills they want. I said, do you have somebody that can mentor that student? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, well, then that's going to work out, but you have to make sure you have that person first. So students want that industry experience for sure, and that's what most of them get, but they don't get the technical expertise that they're looking for, that mentoring. If it's a graphic designer, what do they need to do? Do they need to snap the grid to make it look better? Do they need to think differently on the, um, the, the vector? Are the colors not looking great in digital versus print? These are things that students generally don't know, and this is the perfect example. Most employers think that students all know how to use social media for business. They do not. <laughs> They're in school to learn what business, how to use, mar what marketing, the four Ps are and all of that. What are the social channels? What's their purpose? But they don't know how to implement that. That's where the business owner needs to know how to do that. So you think an expect uh, sometimes what happens is that small and medium sized businesses that might be looking for an intern to fix a problem whether it's videography, web design, social media management, and they have never done that in house before. So it's the expectation thing that an intern can solve that is unrealistic. It's very unrealistic because I think that many employers that have not worked with uh, a student or have not brought in an entry level person. 
first off, what the employer begins to realize is, I don't have a process for this. I don't have a training program for this. I don't have expertise in this. And they're wanting somebody to solve that problem. One of the best tips I always say is start having the student document what they're doing so it creates a process. And as the student is learning, then the employer is able to learn more about what it is that they're supposed to be doing if it's social media. How do, uh, and I don't know if, if you know, if you're familiar with this, but how does a student <laughs> get cr college credit for t doing an internship? Oh my gosh, this is another misconception. Mis uh, okay, so employers will say, okay, we'll do it as a credit internship. Many of them think, they don't even have a clue what this means. What that means is that the student is going to the school, signing up and paying money to take this as an elective class that counts as credit for the student, and it has nothing to do with the employer. And the employer kind of comes in and goes, okay, I'm going to do you a favor, and we're going to do it as a credit internship. Well, the employer has to certainly complete some paperwork, but it's minimal in comparison to what the student has to turn in. And it's not that they're doing them a favor. It, it is legal. It is part of the seven criteria that the Department of Labor requires if it's an unpaid internship that it be for credit. However, it doesn't mean that they're doing the student any favor at all. So it's the student that is uh, paying that price. And don't you think that they deserve to have an internship where they're getting real skills if they're already paying money on top of it and not getting paid for the job? I mean, I definitely think that they, <laughs> I, I don't think that they should be paying to get credits for an internship, but that's a whole different podcast. Well, the schools, now I'm going to, let me see if I can um, enlighten you as to why. When the schools are asking them to take electives and as an internship, I think that it's really a smart move <clears throat> because many students don't take an internship on their own. And by the schools being involved with that, they're able to vet the employers to make sure that the employers are really working out of a real place of business, that the student doesn't go to the employer's home to work out of a home. For me, I would want to know that as a school, you know, a, a person that's in charge of career services at a school. I want to take really good care of the students. So they, the school's job, when it's for credit, is to vet the employers to make sure that they are legitimate, that they are a real business. They check them on SunBiz. They make sure they've got a physical address where it's safe for the student to meet. They want to see what is the job description that the employer is supplying. And if the school wasn't doing this as a four-credit class, students are like baby sheep. They're going to go straight in and they're going to take what they think is a legitimate experience, and they don't check that. They aren't thinking, oh, am I meeting you at a place of business? Oh, is there a real job description? They aren't thinking of that. So it's, it, I think it's a way of improving it and standardizing it so that the, there's a better quality of employers that come through. And, you know, and I'll be honest, I don't know much about that process except for that I went through it myself, and that was about seven years ago. So I don't, under, I don't know how much work is done by the school on the back end to make sure it is vetted and that the work is being done. So I can't really say that. I think for me, when I look at it, you know, um, just from the outside looking in, it's a student paying, let's say if it's a couple hundred dollars per credit hour and you're, it's a three hour, um, three credit hour elective per se, then, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars, maybe $500, $600. 
I, I don't know for, for, so for the work that the student's doing. This is, this is what the school will require of me as an employer. The, the school gives me a contract that says, okay, you are going to have one of our students come in and work at your place, and you need to give us a job description. So then they're, they're making sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to. They give me a contract. I sign it. The student has a package of information, and every week they're supposed to do some type of assignment, write a short paragraph usually, that will explain what they were doing in there. The student has to keep track of their time. That's great because as an employer, I need to know how many hours the student is working in my business. Because students come in, this is something that employers don't always think about. Students are either working part-time, they're going to school full-time. Okay, you add those two together and then they come in and they do an internship. You know, that's a lot of time, but there's also this place where everybody has a personal life, everybody has family and friends, so you're trying to balance all of these things. Now, back to the paperwork, though. The, the school will have, like I said, the student has to submit assignments. Halfway through, like I'm going to use UCF, halfway through I have to do uh, paperwork with the student to send back to UCF about just a progress report, kind of like a midterm, so to speak. Um, checking things off that the student has done. And at the end of the internship, I have to complete a paperwork again with the student. With every school, they all require this. Um, and it's an evaluation of the student, their progress. It should go both ways, honestly. The school does evaluate my performance. And, and I can tell you that every school that I've worked with, they always tell me I do a fantastic job with the students and that's what I'm teaching the employers how to do, a fantastic job. So even if that student is coming in for an unpaid internship, it's really important that the focus be on the student and what they are there to learn in addition to the real skills that they're acquiring. And that school is that mediator between that to if I, if I'm not that doing my sense. job, then yeah. the school isn't going to let me use their students anymore. Let's talk a little bit about how students can find internships. You know, is that the especially if it's their first internship? Is that the dilemma of when I'm applying for an internship or for work, they want some work experience? It's like, so where do you get your first work experience? Yeah. What's your advice on students that are just starting out looking for internships, never had an internship in the past, may maybe had one job, you know, whether it was working at Chick-fil-A or working Mowing at lawns or lawns babysitting, or whatever, whatever. That might be. But how do you transition to more professional work that's towards your degree? Yep. Now, I listened to one of your uh, podcasts, and you talked about three types of internships, right? I did, yes. Yeah. So let's go ahead and blend that into the conversation let's here. Let's talk about them. Okay. So the first one you said was exploratory. Exploratory. Right? Right? So let's perspective is a student I still don't know what I want to do I'm trying to discover where I want to work and so you're choosing some internship you're, you're choosing internships based on a level of interest that you want to explore further yes and I think that's the first place that many students when they're trying to figure out okay what is it that I want to do it's the most important thing I think a student can do is to really understand what they are good at and what they don't like to do. So knowing your personality, knowing what your strengths are, your challenges, that's key. Uh, the more Many of the school's career services always offer those types of personality tests that they can take, so another reason to go back 
to career services and work through there. The more they understand themselves, the better they're going to be at finding that first type of exploratory position. So they take a position, and we're going to use marketing because one of the most in-demand uh, positions is always somebody to do social media. So that requires that they have some writing skills. And if they don't like writing, they're not going to enjoy social media because they have to create content. Now, even if they don't like to create content, they might enjoy creating the post. They have to create a headline. They have to have an, an image. They have to, have to have hashtags that go along with it that are targeting that buyer persona. They need to know how to do buyer personas. All of these are things that generally an employer should be teaching that to the, the student, but if they're in an internship and that employer doesn't know how to do it, then they're not getting those skills, so it ends up being a bad experience for the employer and for the student. One of the things that I would encourage any student that's looking at an exploratory internship is start with what your strengths are, Build on that, look for an internship where you can bring that to the table and you can see, okay, I really like this. So I'm using that one of writing as the example. If you really hate writing, then you're not going to like it. If you have a job and they say it's marketing and sales and you're going to have to do a lot of networking and you're not an extroverted personality, that means that you're not going to enjoy it as much. So you really need to know who you are and what you like to do. Absolutely. So let's talk about the second internship, mm -hmm. right? So we have exploratory and the second internship is more about gaining relevant experience. Yes. Okay. So relevant experience would be you're a junior and a senior in college. You need to be able to have experience that's going to be valuable for your resume. You've defined what your major is. You know what you want to graduate with. Uh, then they go, and we're going to stay with the marketing as the theme, but they want to get more specialized. Maybe they want to be in the PR uh, campaign, PR and communications. Those are people that are very extroverted personalities. They need to be looking specifically for firms that would give them either positions where they're getting to write, they're getting to network. They might be somebody that enjoys because they're a more introverted personality being able to look at just the analytics and manage the analytics. So that would be a suggestion where you're focusing on the an internship that is built around what you're going to school for. Yeah, I think the key for that experience is that you want to get the internship that gets you closer to actually doing the day-to-day -day job once you've yes, graduated, right? exactly. So if you can spend 80% of your time as an intern doing what the the person that has already graduated and has that level entry job is doing, mm -hmm. that is key because those are... I agree. That is, I think I that's agree. so important. So when you're choosing which internship to pick, which one is going to get you closer to be actually doing the day-to-day -day actions mm -hmm. that, that your dream job has you doing? So jobs that they should look for or anything, well, first... They need to identify what that job is. That's their first job straight out of school. It's usually something that has coordinator on it. It might have associate. It might have different terms. So like marketing associate, marketing coordinator, any of those type of titles that would have an entry-level position. Those are the job skills that you want to make sure that you have during your internship. So it's going to be a smooth transition and you can get a job more quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last one, this is like, I think my favorite one, mm -hmm. um, but it, there's definitely a progression is I like, I like to call it 
get your foot in the door internship. Yes. Where now you're applying for to work in the company where you want to work after graduation because getting an internship at most companies are is much 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 easier than getting a full time role. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I agree. So really good tips are you look at the people that are working in that company. You look at the people that are in the department that are working in that company and you begin to connect with them either on LinkedIn or you go and you knock on the door and say, hey, I'd like to see if I can have an appointment with Daniel. Daniel is somebody that I believe would be a really good mentor for me. And I'm from this college. A lot of most people will sit here and go, oh, a college student. They I'm going to say 70% of them, maybe 80, would give you the time and say, okay, let's go and have lunch, you know, and, and talk about that. But, you know, a lot of employers think that you're trying to ask them for a job. So you need, which is really what we're going to do, right? But we don't throw that on the table yet. We have to say, listen, I need advice. I need to know how do I get a job? This is like, you know, my dream company. How do I get in here? Can you show me the ropes? I have a... I tell my students a little differently. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this in my podcast, but this is what I, I'm going to share with you guys anyways. For you know, If you're listening to this, then you should get rewarded for it. So I when I, I have students do this activity called the 10-5-1 activity. I don't know if you remember this when you yeah, were here. Yeah, but go talk. ahead. Let's no, talk about but it. But I've shared this activity before. and It's find 10 companies, five people per company, and then make sure you have at least one conversation per company, right? But when I tell them to approach the, the company, it's more about you. So let's say I'm trying to uh, get to know you. I want, and then I know that you're the decision maker, Isabella, and so I want to work for your company. And so instead of me going, hi, you know, when I'm interested in working for you. Here's my resume. I just reach out and say, Isabella, I, I really love to know how you did it. How did you go? Um, how are you able to get the job that you have now? What has made you successful? And I really want to get them talking about themselves. So I want to get the individual that I'm trying to connect with to talk about themselves, how they do it, because everybody loves to talk about how they did it. Yes. And then from that point, I would ask them, I'm interested in, in a job in X field. Would you mind taking a look at my resume and giving me feedback? So I, I think could, those are great tips. Right? To make it perfect. <laughs> because what's going to happen is... There's no such thing as a perfect resume because the perfect resume really depends on who's reading it. Mm -hmm. And so if I give my resume to Isabella for critique on a marketing position, she's going to give me feedback on how to make the perfect resume for Isabella. That's true. Right? That is very true. And so if I can get her feedback, execute the feedback, and then go back to her with the resume and she can see that I'm good at listening and taking directions, mm -hmm. the conversation goes completely different. Then I would say, do you mind doing a mock interview with me? Mm -hmm. Right? A mock interview gives you the perfect win-win situation because if you go and mess up on the mock interview, Isabella will, then will give me, good, give me feedback on how to become better. Exactly. But if I do well on the mock interview, then Isabella would be like, wow, I should hire this person for my team. That's really a good, good tips, and I agree with you. And I so, absolutely agree with you. That's how I, I tell the students that I work with to approach trying to build a relationship with the companies that they want to work for. I agree, yep. And aside from just doing those tips, we can also go, we can build on, we've got a resume, we also have the mock interview. 
it would be one of those things where we were having a conversation before. Well, tell me what it is because interviews go both ways, right? Tell me what are your pain points. Let me see if I can help solve those problems because that's a totally different conversation. So the student should be asking, sharing, absolutely, that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. What are some other great questions you know the students could be asking when they are interviewing for the internship? Because I think that that is the problem. I think students a lot of times don't have questions. And that's a big no-no. Like yeah. when they go, do you have any questions? And I, they're like, they think that by saying no, I don't have any questions, it makes you sound like you're preparing, you did your homework. But I think it's the opposite. No, I agree with you. I had a PowerPoint presentation I was supposed to do at Seminole State last Friday. <clears throat> Sadly, there wasn't a lot of turnout for the event. However, what was really great out of it, I had 50 interview tips, how to get ready. There was pre, there was the event, and then there was post. So you can always stand out. And you raise a really valid point. It is really important. I think everything is like dating. I think I've said this to you before, Daniel. So if you're going to go and you want to work at that dream job, that dream company, you definitely need to do your background. You need to study them. You need to learn them. You need to go in prepared to have a great, intelligent conversation with them that shows and demonstrates that you're very, very interested in being there. So by asking questions, say, hey, I saw this post that was on the blog page and giving some feedback. Maybe that person hasn't even read the post, but my goodness, they're going to have a completely different perception. You look at them on LinkedIn. You want to understand who are the people, the thought leaders and then the, the regular workers on the floor. You read the reviews about the company. You need to make sure that you're looking at everything you can on social to really understand who that is so that when you come in, you can say, well, I saw that there was a problem. You know, one of your customers said that there was a problem with this. I have an idea. What do you think about this to solve that problem? That's going to be a way to make you stand out more than anything. I want that person. I, I remember one time talking to one of my mentors, uh, and he had shared with me that when he was in college, he had wrote a book about helping students and you know his peers graduate with a job. And, and his brother actually, before his interview, he went for a whole week straight. And this is a, definitely an extreme, but if you really want to work for a company, you can definitely do this. And he talked to over 100 of that potential company's clients. Wow. Right? And understood what they needed and what they wanted more from the company. For one week, he talked to For 100. one week. Wow, that's he 20 went, conversations a day. Yeah, he went and found out who the customers were and found out, like, because he doesn't work for them. It's like, so, you know, what is your biggest, uh, what do you like most about working with X company? What do you like least yeah. about working with X company? And he gathered that data. And as, in, as he was interviewing, he said, I know what your customers are needing. For the last week, I interviewed a hundred of them. That's impressive. And here's what I found. I, right? I would hire that person. Right, hire them. And I go, like, okay, and, you're hired. And here's some of my ideas to fix them. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. is brilliant. That That is a student that I want to have next to me that's running my company with me. Because honestly, I know that they would be able to make my company better than the, if I walked away and I yeah. came back. I'm, I'm going to go, okay, it's already in a better place. So that's awesome. I love that. Oh, that, my goodness. It's amazing. And I think, you know, it's 
it's hard, you know, as students, and I talk about this a lot, about that shotgun versus a sniper approach, mm-hmm. and how most students think, you know, that when you're looking for a job, when you're looking for an internship, that it's all about just applying and applying and applying and just submitting a, month, a bunch of resumes and hoping that one of those companies uh, call you back. And I just think that it's just the wrong way of looking at finding a job. It, I mean, you put it like dating, too. It's like you don't ask a million girls out. Like, why don't you have a focused approach and say, okay, these are... The type of these are the companies where I want to do an internship, or this is the type of companies. This is the role, and then become the ideal candidate. It's a relationship, and we Absolutely. need to realize that you know whether it's an internship or a job. Because quite frankly, that person, that student that you told me that went and did a week's worth of customer discovery, that's that's huge, and that's ideal for anybody that's looking for a job. Anybody. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be a college student. No, that's like brilliant. That is brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, we're wrapping up towards the end of the podcast now. We, it, it, time flies. It does. It does. Is that, we're about 30 minutes in. But I do want to, you know, talk a little bit about if you're a student listening to this and you're looking for an internship right now and you, you know, because this is going to publish right before summer ends, uh, starts, how can they, where can students still find some summer internships? Okay. So they can certainly look on Indeed. They can comb through LinkedIn. They can do referrals, ask their friends, and then they should also reach out to companies that they have an interest in working with. One of the things, contact me, Isabella, at internpursuit.tech, T-E-C-H, making sure everyone knows how to spell that word. Um, And my job is to help match students to employers and transitioning from me as the human to making sure that the platform can do that. Check your school's career services, and it's just like there's so many options. Check on social feeds. Your schools all have social accounts. Some of them, like UCF, has a Facebook account for internships. You can go there. People are posting positions there. It's, it's everywhere around you. Yeah, I really think that you should not be discouraged if at this time you find yourself with no internship for the summer. Um, the reality is this, right? Most big companies, enterprise-level companies, already probably, have their yeah, interns, they've right? Picked them, yeah. They probably picked their interns, if not at the beginning the of the semester. Before. like yeah. it's, it's been months, right? There's still a chance, though, that some of those interns might have not, at the end of the day, take back their offer, right? Because- I, I'm going to tell you, here's another little tip, because, and I hate to interrupt no, you here, but, but one of the things that when I go to career fairs and I know that I'm working with students that are looking for a job, I have friends that are recruiters. So I send those resumes to my recruiter friends and they appreciate it like crazy because they're going, okay, this is great. They just got some new candidates in. They're able to help them find jobs that way. So even still, I have friends that work with these companies that are their dream dream jobs. And so when a student works with me or with one of my employers, it's there to position them so that they can transition into that next step if that's what the student is wanting. No, absolutely. I, I just think just don't be discouraged. Make sure that you are applying. Make sure you first understand what you want to do, that you are lo- using all the resources that are available to you as a student, right? Career exactly. services is huge. They have a huge department of internships available for you. Um, I would highly, highly recommend if you're in the Central Florida area uh, to, you know, follow up with Isabella and the intern pursuit because she has clients already looking for interns. So that's that's an easy given one. So yes. like, don't, don't message me later telling me that it's mid-June and you don't have an internship. I'll be like, you, 
That's on you, my friend. Yeah, um, I'm building my team because I have a game, I have a software product, and then I also have the radio show. So I'm looking for a couple of students to join me on the radio show. And just so your uh, listeners know, hey, Daniel's going to be a guest on my show, The Intern Whisper. It's coming up soon. And so where can they find your show? So you can find us on Facebook. We are we do live Facebook. We are also on mixlr.com forward slash Valencia College Radio. And then just search for the intern whisper. It's an internet radio, so it goes around the world. We do live radio, we do live Facebook, and then the podcast is distributed on five channels: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. And then the, we run the show out of Valencia College East Campus. That's so amazing. And the fact that you have so many students helping you with the show and getting that, those experiences that are crucial for them to land an amazing career, whether it's in radio or broadcasting, it's, it's huge. Um, so really, you can, you can find her podcast in the same place that you're listening to this podcast right now. Yep. And, yep. and that show is called... The Intern Whisperer. The Intern Whisperer. And tell a 10-second pitch of what the show is about. What can they expect when they're listening to the show? Yep. So students come on the show, and we have a PR campaign called Hashtag What I Learned. The students come on, and they share three things they learned in their internship that they know they're going to be able to take into the next position that they're looking for. And the, the goal of the employers that are part of Intern Pursuit is that they are there to help that student get that next step. And the PR campaign for the employers, employers come on the show and it's employers for change so that they are creating a very positive environment for interns. And then I also bring on guests like yourself that are subject matter experts. And we talk about anything that's related to work, to jobs, to future of work, all different types of topics, leadership. It can be a whole lot of things. So different topics. I love it. I, I want to um, have Isabella say, you know, one last thing, and you know, as you know, people, students listening to this are, are generally multitasking. This is what, what the platform of podcasting and radio is. So if they've listened to this and there's one thing that they could take away from this podcast episode, what would that be? Oh, I think that the one takeaway is that they should really pursue their dreams. They really need to understand themselves to be able to pursue their dreams. I love it. So, guys, here's my takeaway for the episode that I think that you should um, add it on to what Isabella said. I think it's very important to have self-awareness. And then the second step is, is just to make sure you put yourself out there, mm -hmm. right? You're not making sure that you are, you know, using the resources that are available to you, like going and emailing Isabella, like going to career services, like com com communicating with people that you know that are, you know, your, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, their friends, their friends, like your neighbor, all these people around you. If you if you have a clear idea of what you want to do and you share it with people, you will see how you get connected. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate all the support and catch you guys all on the next episode. Bye. If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, 
putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's gonna set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job, keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.